I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How do you say vag plural or do you have to say vaginas? Is it vaginas? Vagi. Hi. I like that. Yeah, I love. I good. feel like I made up the word years ago, peach. Like it's your peach, but it's peach. your peach. That's nice. Give peach, give peach a chance. Give peach. All we want is peach on earth. <laughs> I love it. Welcome to Divorce Party. I'm Monica Casey here with Tom Arnold. And today our guest is a multi-award winning international comedian. He's got a regular spot at the Comedy Store, Improv, and Laugh Factory in Los Angeles. He's an old dear friend of mine. He's been living out of the country for quite some time, and he's here to share with us his experience of divorce. Please welcome Tamar Katan. Hey, Tamar. Hey. So I met Tanner, I want to say in like 2010, and we were in a writing group, right? Trying to, you know, jokes, all of that. And then, uh, yeah. And one of my favorite stories that Tamara shared was that, did you used to work at Club Med? Yeah. Yeah, I worked at Club Med. And then maybe you had like a little, a fling with, um, Oh my God. You remember that? That's old, older, probably very beautiful woman. And then all the dudes at club med were like, man, you're Tamara, the hammer. Like you're always hooking up. (laughs) (laughs) They were calling me that anyway for just cause it rhymed. So Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to accept a sexual Oscar for, for, for a job not well done. I'll just take it just for fun. <laughs> no, yeah, my, my name is ridiculous in French because my name is Tamar, but Tamer in French literally means your mother, but it oh. means your mother in like a really insulting way. So oh, my name is like motherfucker. Perfect. In French, that's you're my name. An, you're a French insult. I love it. That, is, that yeah, it's so bizarre. But that's oh, my name. So. When you say an older woman, uh, do you mean like Monica's age? Or, <laughs> well, yeah, you were probably what in your young 20s at the time. Or? I was in my 20, I was 24 and she was 34. And I remember going, Whoa, this is right. Like, she might write me in her will. Like, <laughs> I thought she was like two feet away from a, from a grave, but, <laughs> but I was a child. I was, I had no idea. But here's the crazy thing there's a culture in France that I didn't know about where these um, women have almost this unwritten agreement with their busy husbands that they could go to Club Med and have flings oh. with these young, young GOs. And they had a film called Les Bronces, which means the tan in French. And it was a mockumentary about it. I had no idea until I got there and then found out it was 100% true. Like older women go there to like completely- Wait, uh, do you know how you spell this? And you said it's a mockumentary? Yeah, it's a mockumentary. Les Bronces. It's the word. Uh, it's tan. 
like like you know your oh, skin yeah. gets tan mm -hmm. in French. Lebron oh, Samuels means the the tan. I got it. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy, and I live I live that shit. Is uh, when I was younger, which did happen, I if I went to work at Club Med, I would assume that would be part of the the allure because you're like, well, got to make this money, but we're gonna be hooking up with some ladies. I assume yeah. that would be part of at least. I grew up in a farm in Iowa, and when we met <laughs> growing up, we're like, oh hell, man, got to get there to hook up with all the beautiful, the beautiful ladies with money. Or the other like CITs, you know, I'm sure it's like a restaurant where co-mingling all the things. Oh, totally. It was like being uh, James Bond without any of the skills. Because <laughs> traveling all around the world, hooking up with foreign women and having no money in your bank account. <laughs> that sounds it was great. Or you could, you could be divorced four times like me and have nobody in your bank account. I'm going to tell you, this sounds like a fun way to live your longer, younger life. Monica yeah. had, had similar experiences. It's, although it's not weird when it's uh, like a man can be you know, 20 years older. People are like, well, that's normal. But anytime a woman, my first wife was seven years older than me. And people are like, is that weird? I go, no, it's not the weirdest thing. But uh, but it's a whole cultural thing. Where, But I'm glad that woman and you, I'm glad that, that she went there. And they had an agreement. And they go there. And whatever it takes, there's all kinds of relationships, as long as it's agreed to, sort of, as long as it's not just a man out doing his thing and uh, not, you know, including yeah. partner, which, yeah. but yeah, that's a, a beautiful story. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us about, so Tamar said that he was on Bumble and just go from there. Just yeah. give us your. All right. Your so this is like. This is the pan. I was in New York during the pandemic in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and I had a very small apartment. And during quarantine, I just felt like I was suffocating. So I found out that on one of the dating apps, Bumble in particular, there's a feature called Passport, where you could put yourself in other cities around the world. And so that was my way of of feeling like I could travel was to put myself on this website. And I I was really just looking for someone to talk to because I didn't really in New York at that time. I just felt isolated. And uh, I met this Swedish girl and we had a tremendous amount in common and completely hit it off. And for the first time, I was speaking to someone six hours a day without wow. the distraction of work or stress or bills or anyone else. We were just trapped in on opposite sides of the world and connected through FaceTime. So we, we fell in love. And that first summer, um, she said, hey, one of my flatmates is going to uh, quarantine in Germany. There's an extra room in my apartment. Why don't you come and spend the summer? Because I had already had COVID and recovered. And th that was the law back then. If you had it once, you're never going to get it again, right? Uh. So I flew to Barcelona, and they stopped me at the border and said, you can't come in. They changed the law yesterday. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, you're in the like, air. What? And that's what I said. I'm like, I was in the air. They're like, no, you had a layover in London. And so... You have to come and, sp and they made me spend the night in jail and then flew me back to America. Like I look like Hannibal Lecter. Like wow. cops came on the plane with me, handed my passport to the, to the airline attendant. Like it was crazy. Like shame. And, yeah, it was super shameful. How was and the we, jail and cell? <laughs> it was really, it was a jail cell. It was, was like it a proper, it was gross. Like a cot? Yeah, it was gross. It was a cot and the cot had like curly hairs on it. So I'm like, uh. not, it was gross. It was, it was like a proper jail cell. So gnarly. That's a romantic story, though. Are you are you still in contact with this woman? No. See, what a week Wait. later, I met I met her in Gibraltar, which oh. was like Spanish soil, but it was so small that no, they had no COVID deaths. So we met there, and I asked her to marry me the first day we met because that way, whatever happened with COVID, they couldn't separate us if we were family. So. We stayed on that island and got married in Gibraltar. And we stayed wow. married for like three years. Yeah. And that and that's when I first got to Europe. And that's, I've been here since. And then and we just long? got divorced six. Uh, we just got divorced six weeks ago. Yeah. So you're officially divorced. So you're in just the beginning yeah. of it, even though. So wait, you're in Gibraltar. Did you, how long did you stay in Gibraltar? Or did you eventually get back to her place? Well, we were meant to be in Gibraltar for just a couple nights to get married there. But mm -hmm. then... 
COVID was so bad that even her birth certificate from Sweden got delayed because DHL couldn't make it in Gibraltar. So we ended up being there for two weeks, stuck on this island. How many years ago was that your marriage? That was uh, three years ago. 2020. Three years ago. And then six weeks you've been divorced. And by the way, I just want to say, this isn't the beginning of it. Like the beginning of it is what happened. The divorce. I mean, that's a, that is a definitely a moment, but that, you know, we, we feel that should be the end of it. You guys started out with so much in common, yeah. yet, you know, different backgrounds, different families. Um, what do you, yeah. Like, what do you think ended up being the demise or. Well, it was hard. I mean, like I, when I moved out there, my comedy went down to zero. I didn't have fans in Europe. So we basically, I had, I went around online researching where expat communities, English speaking expat communities were all around Europe and finding places that would open up. And usually that was Eastern Europe. So I kept going there to make money and I had to be on the road all the time. I ended up getting COVID five times just so I could make money. Yeah, and and kept getting vaccines and everything, but still got COVID five times, all in decreasing severity, of course. But it was like I had to put myself in danger to make a living because I wasn't getting benefits from America anymore. Yeah, so, that, that is a James Bond thing, though. You know, put yourself <laughs> in danger, right? do your thing. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, I mean, it's it, this relationship was just three years in this weird three-year time in the world. Yeah. It, it was... Uh, uh, you know, that was uh, meant to be. And then you get the world starts coming back to normal. And I wonder, you know, you had six hour FaceTimes with her right after you met. That's yeah. all. Uh, that sets a high bar for for both of you. That, that, and I that, guess yeah. intimacy, too. Right. In a sense. Oh, for sure. I, I think, too, like, I, I'm man, am I a sucker for a story? You know, <laughs> I think. uh uh, I am a romantic to a level that's shameful and embarrassing. I I, love, I would never say in front of other men, you know, if I wasn't on a podcast. But I, I, I and I think if I have a good story, sometimes I cling to that story tighter than I would a relationship that happened in a Taco Bell drive-through. <laughs> so we had we, we had a good story, so I I held on tight. There's a lot of people that have come on the podcast that have really interesting stories. There's a lot of romantic ideas, and which is always great. Uh, and uh, it, you know, with marriage, uh, I've had some last four years, so I don't want to brag, but, but uh, <laughs> show off <laughs> back. And uh, as comedians, we're like, how do I uh, take the worst moments of this and make it funny? You know, I mean, it just started at such a high bar. <laughs> I think. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. And that and that's my psychology. I, I think that's my uh, I have a very bad habit with that. I think I think I've always had this thing in the back of my head that I w in my youth, I had a lot of drug problems. And mm -hmm. I feel like I had a big chunk of my life uh, where I could have met the one yeah. that I, I might have thrown that opportunity away. And I feel like every time now I get in a relationship, like I'm, I'm kind of in a rush to catch up to where I, I felt like I should be. You know, and I was only a child too, so I always, I don't know, like for me, like, I think I'm, all, I'm also chasing family a little bit too, not just love. So it makes it really hard to not speed into relationships sometimes. And I, I think mean, did you talk about that on e either in your standup or something, I feel like you saw where you, she had like a really big fan, didn't she have like a big family and you just kind of felt like you were getting a big sense of that when you were with her or over there? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I never had like, like, you know, her brother, like right away felt like a big, brother. even after we got divorced, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, just, you know, we're still brothers. Uh -huh. now, just, you know, that kind of stuff's always just been, it's been my routine. Like I think even though I've dated girls who've had like really great dads, I ended up staying together with them a little bit longer. You know, mm -hmm. it's almost like, uh, you know, like she was filling in gaps for me, not just her, but like her family and our two stories becoming one. So yeah, definitely. I, I don't think I've ever examined it as much in, until this divorce. Then I started looking back and finding patterns. I uh, I can relate to several things. You, the drugs. Uh, uh, although, 
you know, you think when you get sober, when you get, uh, you do think, well, what, what all did I miss? Um, yeah. Because we make such bad decisions when we're not sober. We find people that were like, this is the thing that's going to, this will fix everything. And then the, the family stuff, you know, my family of origin was just chaos. And I have looked at other people and projected my, you know, uh, uh, wow, they got a family. We're going to, oh, I'm part of the family. I've never really felt part of an in-law family. I, I felt like, oh, I, they're trying, or how do I do this? Because I never felt part of my own family. So I, yeah. so I tried to do this thing. And, uh, and what I did was, you know, and I've talked about this before, I projected my dreams, which are unconditional love, that kind of family, like with my ex-wives. And, uh, and I didn't really get that until my children were born. And so now I'm a, I'm a dad with a ten, single dad, 10-year-old, 7-year-old. And then I looked at them and went, oh, that's what I've been looking for forever. Wow. Other people. And you don't, you don't get unconditional love from people you marry or whatever. I mean, we can say it, but the kind of unconditional love is that, you know, uh, son, daughter, uh, uh, that, that, because it's a whole different world. And if you don't grow up with that, you don't exactly know what it is until it happens. And then you go, oh, here's the mistakes I made in all the other relationships. Assuming I would get that and be disappointed. I totally get that whole, I, I feel like I didn't feel like part of my family. And I, for a while, loved I think, yeah, I always pursued people that had what seemed like a better family than mine. Yeah. <laughs> then it seemed more cozy and, well, I don't know, just more re relaxed and inclusive, I guess. Yeah. More lovey-dovey. I don't know. Well, you know, we also do this thing because we're performers where, where we <laughs> set ourselves apart from, I mean, we're the guy that men and women on stage. We, but that's what we... And the, the audience is here. The other people are here. And oh, my God. Here. Were we dating these people to make their family our audience so that we could tell our sob stories? In the back of our mind, we're, we, even though even if we have low self-esteem, we're always like, well, we are the shit. I mean, we're the funny. We're the, <laughs> we're the, what we do is special. And, uh, you know, other people, you know, we try to bring them into that, that world. But we've all, we tend to keep ourselves a little bit separate than the herd. And yeah. In relationships, that can, you know, uh, that could hurt you because, especially when you get some fame or whatever, that your own family looks at everybody looks at you differently. You want to be looked at differently. That's your goal. Yeah, I want you to look at me like this. And then when people do, you're like, wow, that is disappointing, man. Wow. I I want to be treated as an equal like everybody else. But I yeah. think because we're weird that way, and artists. There's something about us that goes, but I'm not like you guys. So I don't know if that's, yeah. but it's certainly there. So yeah. is, just, I mean, obviously you've gone through it, but have you observed other people going through divorce in, you know, the UK? Is it, is it different from the US? Like, is it more like not a big deal or, I don't know, does it it's funny. There seems to be this culture of stability and calmness in the UK within UK culture. Like I even noticed this the other day because we had 9-11 just recently, right? The memorial, they had 7-7 where they had a terrorist attack. And if you look at the difference in cultures, their, their banners say 7-7, always remember. Ours is 9-11, never forget. It's so much more intense. Do you know what I mean? Like always remember is something a sweet old lady would say. Never forget is something a Marine Corps sergeant would scream in your eye. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's what it's like here. Like even when people don't get on it, it's just more civil. It's more calm. Like I feel like the dogs here are more calm because they feel their owner's energy through the leash. But like there's just like if – I, I'll admit it and say that there were times where I would react to things that happened in comedy and they'd look at me in such a way that I read their face and went, whoa, am I, was that an overreaction? And they're like, it's okay, you're American. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. oh, this is what you, got, you guys are like. You're stressed out people. And it was so trippy to see us through their eyes mm -hmm. in like specific moments, not just the sweeping, 
you know, we love guns, we love to eat, but like real specific lifestyle differences where they are more calm and feel more safe. You know what I mean? In World War II, when England was being just bombarded by the Nazis, they had that keep calm and carry on, which I have. Yeah. Which, you know, America, I mean, we'd be, but that's what they did. And they did, and they won. You know, the thing that never forget, uh, you know, that's, I'm Jewish. That, I feel they stole that from the Holocaust. That's our. <laughs> yeah, that makes, the Holocaust makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Amber, do you feel like you've kind of, since you've been there for a while, do you feel like you're calmer? Do you feel like yeah, you've kind of adapted sure. your way of life? And Yeah, I mean, I'm not, it's not easy. It, it, it sucks to be an, an expat sometimes. I'll t there is a big difference between expat and immigrant, though. It's a lot easier being an American in Europe than it is, than it was being an Egyptian in America. You know, but, but you can't do anything on autopilot. Like, I can't even buy a cup of coffee without really concentrating and making sure that I'm looking at all the coins that I'm paying for them paying the right ones, you know, like it's just, and I like that. Like my brain's on fire. I'm hyper aware all the time and it's good for my writing. So I, I really like the inspirational part of it for sure, but it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So back to your divorce, amicable. How do we decide to part ways? Yeah. Yeah. Almost too amicable just felt a little bit cold, you know, but it's a, it's just one of those things where you things think we met at a very unusual time. And then there's a part of me that was like, I knew who she was inside the cocoon, but I didn't recognize the butterfly outside the cocoon when the pandemic was over and we both started to fly. She was like, what the fuck? You're a moth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, man, you don't know me. You don't know me. And I don't know you. And, once we got out, it, so that part was a bummer um, because we'd experienced so much. And that's what I have a therapist. My therapist said this really cool thing. He goes, when you're going through a breakup, feel your pain and deal with the sadness, but just don't mourn things that haven't happened. Like mm -hmm. don't mourn the house you were going to buy. Don't buy, don't mourn the vacation you didn't take. Or the, the things kids that you said you were going to have. kids you were going to have, yeah. exactly. Because those things aren't real. So don't mourn the stuff that's not real. And that's helped me so much. Ugh. I think that's a good, and also with uh, with the drug use, alcohol use, substance abuse, where you said earlier, geez, I wonder if that was the period of time if I had my shit together. But you can't do that either. You can't, it does you no good. That kind of shame, it does you zero good. And, yeah. uh, forward and, and uh, there are a lot of people that want to keep you in that place. I don't know how people close to you, they're like, that's how I know the guy. Because I'm the good guy, he's the bad guy. And that doesn't yeah. work. That does not work for anyone. People lose their sense of identity when you get your shit together. People that are close yeah. to you that has it. And especially if you're in a, a relationship where all of a sudden you really do it. You 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 get it together and then it is a weird time after that. And even if the person is a great person, they don't it it throws them way off balance. And uh and then you come out then you also start questioning yourself like how fucked up was i to, be, to make the to oh man yeah yeah so yeah you can move forward man you're a very sensitive guy i gotta tell you man this butterfly moth analogy you know you're very sensitive and i and oh, i like it you. and smart I, thank you let me go back to <laughs> thank you okay you come from egypt to america or was that just a what if happened well, my parents, my parents were uh, in a difficult situation religiously. My, my dad was Muslim. My mom is Jewish. And so we weren't going to be able to stay in Cairo. And of course, you know, they, they were looking at brighter pastors in the States and California was uh, sunny and nice and uh, taking an Egyptian accountants. <laughs> there's a lot. I know a lot of Egyptians who work in that business. And I just First of all, your mom was Jewish, your dad was Muslim. Okay. That's a barrier right there, man. That's a, yeah. that's, and so uh, technically, I don't want to speak to you. That makes you Jewish just because your mother, like, my sure. Mother. That's an interesting, um, you know, that does say a lot about them and their relationship. Like, we're, we're 100%. not going to forget. 
anything else except this thing that is just basically bad in our part of the world. We're going to, you know, we're not going to change it to me. I'm not going to change it to you. So, I, I, you know, I do give a, you know, that takes a, a lot of hooks. Are, are they still together? Well, he would until, until the very last day he died, he just passed away. Uh, like it was about 10 years ago, but they were together their whole lives. And it's funny too, because Tom had said like, Oh, I, I have a high bar. I started the relationship high on, you know, getting married in Gibraltar, but yeah, look at the bar I was given. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's like, for me, I witnessed them having this amazing romantic, Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. uh defiant like unapologetically punk rock defiant they were bonnie and clyde as far as i was concerned but in like in an even more romantic way so yeah i'm a stupid romantic i'm like drunk on it and i it causes a lot of problems let me ask you this that your mustache is that a tribute to dad did your dad have a mustache like that No, you know what's funny? In a million years, I would have never grown this mustache. First of all, I thought I was going to look like an Arab dictator. I was worried about that. <laughs> and then I, I found out that I looked like like Charles Bronson, who's oh. England's most violent criminal. Or I have children running after me asking me if my name is Mario. Like it's just, it's nonstop. My face is nonstop. Oh my God. But I didn't want to do it. It was, it was my wife, my ex-wife at the time. I think uh-huh. she had a childhood crush on Magnum PI and said, why don't you try growing a mustache? And then I did. And then my comedy right. fans, uh, I had grown it out. Everybody kept responding how much they liked it. And then I shaved it off once and people like legit yelled at me. Like they said, <laughs> you, I've saved the emails. They are so funny. People literally saying, but why in Spanish? Like yes. even and then in german like in all these different languages they're going why would you shave it off grow that thing back you can't grow a beautiful mustache like that most men so i get it you're like hey if i could he does why would he get rid what's the the statement he needs to keep that for everybody (laughs) for bad head with it it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing (laughs) thanks i've made a lot more gay friends too uh, I, at the Freddie VIP, Mercury, every, every gay bar, I walk right in. Amazing. Uh, so when you were when you and your ex uh, were in the love making, was the mustache a plus or a you know a negative? It was a plus, hundred percent. It was like <laughs> no, it was definitely a plus. Have you ever been to those restaurants where right while you're eating, they walk over with that little metal rake and they scoop the table clear of breadcrumbs yes that yeah. was my mustache Tom. <laughs> you know i i fell for a beef packet flat for three years out of high school to try to save money for college and the guy next to me super good looking guy on handboat on our line he had a beautiful mustache and uh uh then one day he did it i mean he was a good looking dude and i said what happened he said well uh, if you have a mustache and you're cheating on your wife and then come home and kiss her, she will oh. know it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that so, is that's yeah. the worst. Mm. What? Oh, my God. That is so visceral. That's like something Shakespeare could have written. Yeah. That she could taste 
the other woman. That's that's beautiful. That hurts my heart in a good way. (laughs) Oh my god, that's great. Jesus, God, that makes me want to cheat. (laughs) Well, now's your opportunity. (laughs) It's so poetic. What a poetic way to cheat. Okay, good to know for the future. So speaking of carnal knowledge, how do you feel, like, what is your relationship now? Like, do you, as a romantic or, but a a more knowledgeable romantic, you know, Mm. do you, are you open to the idea of getting married again one day? Or do you think you'll just maybe like serial monogamy, just be in the present moment? I mean, I'll tell you something very strange. I had, my therapist once said to me, um, hey, you know, by the way, some people live very fulfilling lives alone. Yeah. And I've never been more angry at my therapist. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never felt more insulted and so upset. Like, I didn't want to see him anymore. You know, <laughs> like, it just made me feel like it's like going to a personal trainer saying, I want to run a marathon. He's like, you know, some people live their whole lives in wheelchairs. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I, this is I didn't hire you. To tell me it's not possible. I hired you to help me cross the finish line, man. You know what I mean? It just felt like he was quitting before we got started. Um, so it's it's it feels weird to be starting over again, for sure. Like dating apps, all that bullshit. It's exhausting. Uh, but I think I am a diehard romantic. I, I, I don't think. I also think I have poor impulse control. And uh, I, I know what I'm bad at. You know what I mean? Like, I know what what's are you bad working. at? Tell us. I have a horrible impulse control. There's this thing that I read about called hot states and cold states, which I really like. Like, for example, if you ask a woman when she's not in pain, when you have a baby, are you going to take drugs? That's a cold state. And she'll say, no, of course not. I don't want drugs. Right. But then in a hot state, when the pain comes, she's like, give me all the drugs. It's the same person with two completely different answers just based on the stress. And that, that's what I, I feel like now. I feel like there's a part of me that's like, no, I want to be alone. And, and that's the way I should be. And I want to learn to be alone. But the minute my caveman brain smells a lady, yeah, I'm like, she's the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> Do you feel like dating women in another country, are they more um, like less face tuned and honest about like, do they look like their pictures and all of that? Or, you know what I mean? You know, it's a really interesting way to look at a country, to look at them through dating apps. Because you can see, like, the societal pressure and its impact on either women's style or literally their plastic surgery. It's fucking wild. So there's not less plastic surgery here. There's different plastic surgery. It's really trippy. What and, kind of and, plastic and, surgery are we dealing with over there? I mean, the, sa- the same stuff in the States, but in different place, like places. Like there's more, much more lip stuff and much more people who've lost a self of self-aware- sense of self-awareness where, they're, where you look at the face and you're like, oh my God, you've deformed yourself. Like that's, yeah. not, that's not taste anymore. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Like people are staring at you in the street and taking pictures, you know? And, and I, I think that's almost like body dysmorphia. I'm not yeah. like you know, putting anybody down, but there, there should be some kind of line where doctors have some kind of responsibility to be like, yes. Hey, you look freaking weird now. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think once the pressure comes on, I meet someone that's what I'd love to have at the end of the day, of course, is to marry a best friend who's super sexy and, and makes me a little bit scared in the bedroom. I need to be <laughs> a little scared, just a little scared all the time. Relationship went from zero to a thousand and was very intimate before you even met. And, and you yeah. had these uh, face, face times. Now, did you progress from, and I don't know how is that, but were you sexting? Were you, did you see nudity? Did you show each other your bodies uh, to get wow. that out of the way? I want to know. Sure. No, it's a great question. You know what's funny is we actually were surprisingly, uh, it was more about, I think because I needed human interaction, I became emotionally nude. We were like emotional nudists. We were in a situation where we were both like, we had nothing to lose. Right. You know, she was all the way in Barcelona. I was in New York. If she asked me a real question, I, I kind of like dipped my toe into being more naked emotionally than I'd ever been. And she reciprocated in kind. I, I think that's a human, almost a human reaction to reciprocate. 
And that's what we did. It was almost like we were gamblers on a table that we kept raising the truth bar and we kept meeting each other head to head. So I think in that sense, um, I think that's something I could take with me into the next relationship. Like I liked it, uh, the, the sense of emotional nudity and just being honest and not being the best that's representative of myself. If that's something you pose like to someone new you're dating, Tamara, where you're like, hey, not to talk about my ex, but uh, do you want to be like, try being brutally honest about stuff? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to give her like founding mother status. No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, that is, yeah, I don't know that I've ever, yeah. yeah, I don't know that I've ever started a relationship with that kind of level of emotional nudity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Tamar is a very nice guy. You're a nice woman. There are a lot of people that use honesty to hurt people. And we talk about brutal honesty. You know, uh, uh, they just, I'm being, I'm just being honest. I'm criticizing oh, yeah. you. And that's sort of how they've lived their whole life. And probably their families did. But uh, yeah. is, uh, it, there's a wide swath of, of what sure. you're honest about and what you you know, can live with, yeah. you know, and if you really examine yourself and you go, I'm doing this, uh, I'm not trying to help it. Uh, it's always out of the guys. I'm trying to help you by being so super honest, but it really is not uh, helpful. And it also is because you have this thing where it's, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism, but you got to put this honest, rigorously honest. I, that's how I am. That's how I live my life. And, and a lot of times it's cruel and unkind. That's, that's just not sure. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it depends on which way the muzzle is pointed. Yeah. You know, if your honesty is pointed at other people, I think it can come across as really aggressive, especially if it's kind of without consent, you know, yeah. to be, you know, someone's not asking and you're giving, I, I think you need, you should have consent for that. Mine, unfortunately, was in the, uh, is a signature Kurt Cobain direction pointer. Like I was straight at my own head, like the, the whole time. And I, I think I got a little bit of an adrenaline rush out of it. It might be some chemical stuff in me where I like the thrill of of being super honest with somebody and just there's a little bit of I, I'm gonna show you the ugliness, you decide, in or out, get out now so I'm right. not wasting time or wasting emotional currency. Do you still are you still able to be friends with your ex or does that something that you have to kind of slowly that relationship that friendship, do you have to slowly walk away from that to then have your own yeah. sort of new beginning? I think that part's been the hardest is because they like my, the, my ladies, I almost said, <laughs> like I'm a cowboy. <laughs> my ladies. My ladies. My ladies. <laughs> um, the, the women I usually go out with, like we, it's not like we have sort of this separate life thing, you know, like usually we, our friend groups merge, um, our families merge. And so for me, that's, that part's the hard part is losing the friend. Yeah. Also, yeah. when you go through the, a pa worldwide pandemic with somebody and millions of people died, you know, as a, as a former, when you think back on the pandemic, you know, it's always fun to get, you know, to think of something funny or something, whatever. And it's really all connected to this person. She's the only person you can text to go, Hey, remember when I, and I, I think that's, yeah. and you're in, and your bullshit. I think that's the hardest thing for. Uh, uh, it's also a way to stay in, uh, if let's say an unhealthy relationship. Well, they're the only person yeah. that gets my. Is right. but it's a big deal. You know, it's like World War Two. If you you met somebody during World War Two over there, and, and uh, then you come back home, that 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 experience, uh, it, you know, it changed you, and it's always with you. That's that person yeah. that you. So it does make it a little bit uh, harder. Although when there is a war or a pandemic, our thinking is a little bit different. Like, hey, man, you were there for me. I'm there for you. Like, this is, yeah. this is the only way your brain can deal with these things. And then you get back home to reality and it starts, you go, okay, that, yeah. To me, and they get back to their reality, you know, it's, it makes it a little bit harder. Today with cause FaceTime and shit, can you imagine these people that met like in, in Germany and they're uh, during World War II and they met a, a German uh, a woman that was not a Nazi, which is, it was hard. And then they come back <laughs> and then 
so romantic. It kept them alive, they feel. It kept them alive. Then they come back and she kind of goes back to her whatever. It's hard to, you know, with no FaceTime back in those days, you imagine writing yeah. fucking letters. That was the right? letter writing. It's crazy. Now we do a good immediate thing, you know. Yeah. It's like... A, it's all instant gratification now. And at grade school, I used to have crushes on girls on the playground and just fast. And then I was like, I, I, you know, I need to kiss her or whatever you do. And then uh, all of a sudden she would I smile and have something on her teeth. I'm like, okay, I, that's, I, it's over. It's over. You can spit yeah. through all the chips. And, uh, um, but, but when the, the, when you go through something like that, it's immature, by the way. And I, I want to make sure I don't do that now. But this thing that you together, uh, uh, also, the good news is it's a lot of great material. That's a, that's the most yeah. important. Yeah. How much, yeah, how much of your set would you say now has a little bit of that? I mean, to, to help you come up with some good jokes. I mean, I'm sure I've posted one of them yeah. on Divorce Party. Definitely. I mean, it's one of those things where it's leaking out of me now. Like, and, and, I've got, uh, there's a lot more of it at the open mics now than on th that stage ready, but it's, it's getting there. Um, yeah, I like it a lot because it, it, it's, I like the stuff that, um, that I have to write. You know, there's some jokes that I want to do, but then there's some jokes that I have to do. And the jokes out of there, I mean, a lot of it is self, has been self-awareness and like seeing myself through the lens of somebody else's eyes having a witness for the first time. I mean, I've always been sort of a loner because of personality traits and drug problems in the past. And I, now I can see that I probably was a loner because I also didn't want to witness. And then having a witness, just all that stuff has really leaked into my comedy in a way that I think has been good for comedy, but um, I'm happy to say it's good for the artistic side of comedy. I don't know how much benefit it's going to have for the business side. I think it will long-term but I'm glad that it's just about the art. It's not about followers. It's not about an algorithm. It's just about, I really like this more. It's way funnier that you got divorced. I mean, if you went on stage and told- Yeah. My whole oh, life works out, or, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It yeah. Was and then it was not. You know, if you yeah. get both sides of that coin, that's what people relate to that. It, it, it's definitely- yeah. Yeah, more people than not. And I definitely feel like this story is a movie that I would for sure rent on a Friday night in my sweatpants. Nice. With like, That's prime with, time. With delivery. Like, I want to see this movie. And then I want to <laughs> cry at the end and be like, well, uh, you know, it's going to work out for them in some other well, way. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. What I mean, it, def it definitely has. Like, it, it has in the sense that I, I love myself a hell of a lot more than I did before. Like, I think I'm in a much better place. I'm, and there's been things that I've gone through where I'm, I'm proud of myself. I think, I think there were some bad habits that I had in New York when I was around my circle of friends that when I was getting divorced with someone on my own in a culture where I didn't have friends that I was close enough to, to really lean on, you know, be open with about the divorce. So I was really alone. And I think because of that, I, I had like a, a reset button on how I was gonna act when I was hurt. And so I, I'm definitely happier about the way I broke up this time and the way I've broken up in the past. And did you start seeing a therapist once you were like, okay, I'm getting a divorce or had you been talking to this person for years before? Oh no, I'm like, uh, my membership card is like three in therapy. <laughs> I've been in therapy forever. Oh, okay, that, that's okay. What I mean. got it, got it. <laughs> Um, Tamara, had you ever lived with a woman before you married one? Uh, I was engaged before and I lived with a woman then. And she <laughs> she is now a licensed family marriage family uh, therapist. <laughs> right. Actually, I've been with I've been with two of those. No, three different women I've been with are now like therapists for like family and medical issues or family and something else yeah i date a lot of therapists i feel like you know when there's a dog in a dog pound that's like a really wild dog and the only people that adopt them are like people that have like 30 dogs <laughs> yeah. they have like a farm like oh we'll take him here because he <laughs> eats furniture <laughs> that's that's what that was me i feel like that those are the only women that were like i can handle this <laughs> i might too 
my two fiancés before I started getting married for the Midwest were special education teachers. Both had masters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> totally makes sense. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, uh, but I think that they probably are, it was probably building experience like yours were with you of what it's going to be like when you get it was a real practice work. they were yeah. using you yeah as practice experiments yeah. yeah like that like that little man in the game operation but with just the heart surgery over and over and over again yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh my gosh well listen listen thank you uh for this this has been sure. uh interesting for a lot of ways you're incredibly honest and vulnerable and sweet thank you and uh you know but you're also a comedian so you've got i'm sure you have a, a very bad dark side but you've been you <laughs> we never heard from uh, uh anyone it's it's i'm here just trying to learn from people like you and uh how how it's done, what the right things, what the what, you know, just to prepare. Because after four marriages every four years, which is insane, it's a good way to be broke, I'll tell you. But I'm taking, doing that. I'm gonna have a divorce party with Monica. By the way, she, you should have a divorce. Party. She went her, she got drunk, made out with a stranger, like all the. <laughs> I'll throw you a divorce wow. party either when I come your way or you come back. I've You've got, got an a, open invite, kid. And then really quick before you go, is divorce cheap in another country? Because in California, it's something it's like close to like 17 grand is like the average. Like, can you just sign the paper and be like, handshake, good luck with your life? Yeah, it's much simpler here. I mean, to tell you the truth, it's it it is it's not that complicated for us because we don't have kids and we don't have a shared property. Right. Um uh so yeah it, it was really straightforward and not expensive at all nice uh, so it was, uh, and she's not in, in where you are right no it's funny she's still in our old place in barcelona for another month and then um i think she accepted a project job in new zealand so to me that's like going oh i got a, i got a, a a you know a job on mars another it's planet just like, totally. it's another planet 100 percent she's an internship on mars so i don't know what's gonna um i got drunk the other night and i'm like oh isn't it sad we couldn't work it out and then she never messaged back so Did you really i'm oh, a winner i'm oh, such a winner i love it it was one of those nights where i like i was intermittent fasting and then that day i got drunk i had an all two almond joys oh. and then i called i called somebody like an idiot and left a stupid message so. but because uh, that's a great time you know they have this thing the catholics it's called uh uh, uh where they don't eat meat or whatever for six weeks or whatever and oh, yeah something uh, yeah drink wouldn't do this and i did it one year with my buddies and then you get i don't know if it's st patrick's day or whatever the day you get fucking wasted but uh, uh several of us shit our pants you got to stay you it's not the worst story Oh. Those uh, shitting your pants stories are the best. Oh. That's it's the, mean, we've all it's, done the it. it's the illustration of rock bottom. That's the one time I knew this guy that would hit on a woman no matter what. He could be drunk, he could be tired, he could have I saw him throw up and then ask a girl out on a date right in front of her. But one time he shit his pants and a hot girl walked by, not a word, nothing came and I'm like, oh. That's humility's rock bottom. That's the yeah, shitting that's yourself the in public. It really is. And it, but had yeah. he had he cleaned up yet? Whether he saw the girl? No, no. It had just just happened. But still, it was it was like watching the what's that big balloon that exploded in Germany? But the yeah, it was like that's it. The Hindenburg. It was like watching that thing. It even looks like a penis. I could see his boner just deflating. Well, you know what? That's you. Said. That's a real friend, though, to share that with you. You know, most yeah. guys go to the bathroom, take out their pants, take out their underwear, uh, uh, you clean their underwear up to, and wipe their ass, and try to figure out a way to come back. But oh. he 
yeah. that vulnerable moment. You just have a way of oh. getting that out of people. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I, thanks for having me. You guys are awesome. And I love the premise. It's great to let people talk about this. Yay. I'm so glad, you know, it's just one of those, it's just like, let's have a conversation. Let's all, that's so trade, true. Let's just trade stories, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. You guys should make these live events or something at coffee shops. That'd be so fun. Or some, or, or, or gigantic theaters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be our guest if we ever do it. Anytime. Thank you. We'll see right. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.